I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. Today, I am joined by Fox physical therapist Noreen Nitz and Fox occupational therapist and regional director Bonnie Ross. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jen. Oh, that works. So, uh, Giving everyone a peek behind the curtain, we had a couple technical difficulties where Noreen and I were asking Bonnie questions and she would respond to us six seconds later. I said it was the story of my life, <laughs> a day late and a dollar short. But it sounds like we're making it work right now. And I can't okay. tell you, I can't tell you how excited I am to do this episode of the podcast. What a story. So where do we begin? Should Should I... Give the lead right away. Should I tease everyone? How do you want to start? I don't know. What do you think? We could flat out say that Noreen gave Bonnie a kidney. There we go. Yep. Yes, she did. It almost doesn't sound real. I know. It's weird, right? It's not lost on me that it's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's not lost on me that it's very weird. It's also not lost on me that she literally saved my life. This Live Well podcast is definitely where this should land because I'm living well because of Noreen. And I will continue to hopefully, knock wood, live well with Noreen's kidney. This is yeah. an amazing story. And I, I do have to correct you quickly, Bonnie. This is the Live Better Longer podcast. Not to oh, be sorry. confused, not to be confused with Katie Cooper's Live Well with Fox program. Sorry, you can oh, edit that well. out. You, you can edit that out, Jim. No, I want to keep it. I want to keep because you, you said something profound. But you are um, living better longer right now because of Noreen. I, I definitely am. She stepped in to save my life. It was a huge ask. And she did it, honestly, without, I'd like to say without blinking an eye. I mean, she did definitely blink an eye, but <laughs> she stepped up. There's a crazy sort of story behind Noreen and I, which I often well, like to tell. Hold on, let's we'll get into it. So first of all, Bonnie. I led into that before. Yeah. Behind so the scenes. Noreen told me about it and we'll get to it. And this is also fascinating, also part of the story. But Bonnie, <laughs> what was your condition for why you needed a kidney? I was born with spina bifida and had a condition called chronic hydronephrosis. And as an infant, I had my ureters reimplanted. And I had a whole entire lifetime of chronic UTIs, bladder infections, kidney infections. And over time, they collectively did damage to my kidneys. So essentially, the kidneys that I have, um, my original kidneys, are now just basically all scar tissue. So at the time that Noreen stepped up to give me a kidney, I had a GFR of eight, which as anybody would know or, or not know, is super, super, super low. I should have probably been on dialysis 
paralysis and miraculously managed to stay off of it. So that really is what led up, Jim, to needing a kidney transplant. I knew about five and a half years ago that I was at a critical point and then had a crazy medical episode happen in 2018, which did further damage to my kidneys. And then after 2018, my kidney function just sort of declined quicker than they anticipated, which led us to November 21st, which was the day of my transplant and the day my life got to start all over again. So prior to that, when did you find out that you needed a kidney transplant? In May of 2017. Wow. So you didn't need it yet, right? Like I did not need it yet. Nope. I did not. I had a GFR at that time of about 28. And a GFR under 20 qualifies you for a transplant. So I started to look for a donor in January of 2020. Thought we had a donor in my girlfriend, Bernadette. And for nearly three years, we thought we had a donor because I had time. I had time to look. And then there was a little glitch in the system. And the very last test in September of 2022 ruled Bernadette out. Funny enough was having a team meeting that day when we were supposed to get the call to schedule my transplant in September. And the call came in that this test ruled Bernadette out and I needed to find a whole new kidney donor. And needless to say, that day was not a good day. Um, My whole team that day was texting me, asking me when the transplant was, you know, what was happening. And I think Noreen texted or called that day. And I had told her that obviously Bernadette was not going to be able to be my donor. But earlier that day at the meeting, the team kind of said to me, you know, please tell us what you need. Right. And I jokingly said, well, I might need a backup kidney. And Noreen sat at my dining room table and said, you can have my kidney. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I go, no, I'm totally serious. I'd give you a kidney if you needed one. But, but we thought she had a donor. Like, it wasn't right. like, yeah. I wasn't saying it just to say it, but I I did mean it, obviously. But it wasn't like we were thinking she really needed somebody at that point. But then that day, actually, it was two days later after the meeting, she sent out a text to our team because everyone was texting her and asking, when's it going to be? When's it going to be? And I was walking into a patient's house and I got the text what really stood out for me was that she wrote, I need a kidney from somebody that's A positive or O blood and I'm O, which, you know, is very common. But I was like, maybe I should try to see if I'm a match. Like, what if I'm a match? And she's sitting around waiting for a kidney. So I'm walking into my patient's house, looking, reading the text and my patient's uh, mother, who my patient's very young, And the mother is like my age and she's like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, totally in a fog. And I was like, what? I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just reading a text. And I look up at her and I go, I think I need to give my boss my kidney. And she was like, all right, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, take a breath. I'm like, well, and then I explained the situation. I'm like, she's like, you need to like evaluate the situation first. I'm like, well, I'm not going to just go running to the hospital right now, but that was my knee jerk reaction. Like why make Bonnie wait around for someone to volunteer or when I could possibly be a match. So Noreen that quickly, you said, yeah, I could give Bonnie my kidney. Literally. I was like, I read the text 
I was, they live in a split level. I was walking up the upstairs. And by the time I got to the top, I was like, I think I need to give my boss my kidney. And she was like, what? It just felt like the right, not just the right thing to do, like as something I would do. Obviously I needed to do research and find out what it entailed. Because you're I a clinician do. that's doing your job. Right. And I'm not, I'm not going to just make like silly decisions. Like it's not, a, it's not a small thing. I understand that. But I also believe in science and believe in the ability of the body to do certain things. And I know a lot of people out there wouldn't do what I did because they're, they don't know. I'm not saying I'm like a nephrologist or something, but I have <laughs> understanding of the body and they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. So is it true that when both of you first met, you weren't necessarily friends? Hundred percent. Friends, friends. We weren't um, even close. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is very, very true. We did not get off <laughs> on a good foot at all. Totally my fault. I mean, absolutely totally. I'll my agree fault. with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's put it this yeah. way: I didn't even know Bonnie was on the team, and I was already like, <laughs> "Who is this Bonnie person?" But she sent me a text message. That was very long and it was very like, it might've well has been, been in all caps, <laughs> yeah, Plus, but it might as well have been, you know? And it, I, I was like, I remember getting in my car with my last patient. It was in the dark and I'm reading, I think I was on a Nokia. I don't even know what I was on, like on my cell phone. It was terrible. It wasn't like an iPhone. And I'm reading this text message and I'm like, I don't even know who Bonnie is. So I called the RD at the time, Suzanne, I think it was Suzanne. It was Suzanne. Who, there was expletives coming out. And I was like, <laughs> who is Bonnie? And I told her and she said, she's a new OT on the team. And I said, well, she, you need to tell her she needs to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was not, it was not my finer moment. Um, I will definitely say that. I really thought a lot of myself <laughs> And I can still tell you where I was sitting when I sent the text. I can still tell you the patient's name mm -hmm. <laughs> that we were seeing, who I sent the text about. And I can still tell you how the text started. How did the oh, text yeah, start? Yeah, yeah. That's how, my how favorite part because I forgot that. The text started with, I'm sure you're a very good PT. Ooh. However, Ooh. you are not an OT. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ouch. I was like, yeah. oh, really? She got my Irish up, let me tell <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and it went downhill from there. <laughs> we All never right, had so... words, though. We never had words. No, we never had words. But, but I did There were feelings, and the, the first yeah. impression wasn't great. So how did you two become friends to the point where Noreen gives Bonnie her kidney? You know, so Noreen was my counterpart. So most of my patients had Noreen as a PT. So over time, Noreen and I got to know each other at team meetings because at that time we were having team meetings once a month. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, we did it, you know, once a month instead of bi-monthly. And sort of over time, I guess, put it behind us. We never really ever talked about it until, funny enough, I became regional director. So Noreen was a little nervous when I became regional director. She wasn't quite sure how this was going to work out. Um, that's true. I was kind of yeah. like, oh, but like, 
but long story short, I was very objective about her abilities, even though I was kind of like, well, we'll see how this goes. But in the long run, Bonnie did like a 180 too. Like she's an amazing RD and she stepped up to the plate in a way that I didn't know if was possible. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but <laughs> no, like, you know, she's very energetic and she just fit into the position very well. And she cares so much about our team. And it's obvious she puts herself out there, not just like says it, but she actually does it. You know, I think just over the years, we've developed a rapport that is we respect each other as people, as therapists, as just humans. All right. So let's jump back into the story. Noreen, you say to yourself, yeah, I, I could give Bonnie my kidney. So then how do you communicate that to Bonnie? I called her in that session with that patient. I called her and said, uh, I think I'm seriously, I'm going to research it, but I'm going to look into donating my kidney to you. And she gave me the phone number. She goes, look, I'm, I'm not one to, I'm beggars can't be choosers. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. needed something. So I, she didn't ask, she wasn't like putting out like a, an APB, like, Hey, who wants to give me a kidney? But she wasn't going to say no, right. because you know, and she gave me the phone number and I called like, after I left that patient, I called in the car and they took my information for NYU and, uh, that got the ball rolling. I had to fill out like a form online to make sure I didn't have any like underlying medical issues. And then they set me up for surgery. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> wow. there was a lot of other tests, medical tests and stuff, but the next week I was I was literally down at NYU for like, I don't know, eight hours getting tested for different. Yeah, quickly, you know. what do they do in those tests? Well, they took the first time they took 17 vials of blood, which wow. I think has to be more than a, a pint. I think and I think that's a world record. <laughs> no, because the next time I went, <laughs> they took 18. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, for real? Like, that's a lot of blood. And, when I um, went, when I went, they took 20. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to run at me? Right. <laughs> you at least had healthy kidneys. I don't know why know, they needed 20 from me, but they so took 20. They're taking a lot of blood. They're doing a, no, a battery a of tests. Of yes, yes. And um, when do they finally get back to you that you're a match for Bonnie? It was about a week before. It was about a month. A month, okay. Yeah, but it was six weeks from the time that I found out Bernadette was not oh, going okay. to be my donor. I thought you meant like from when I went down to NYU yeah. when I found was- out. Bonnie, what are you thinking? Because it's not like someone can just jump into action saying, oh yeah, I'll give you a kidney. We just pointed out you had to wait a month. So if Noreen wasn't a match, it's like you're waiting another month then. So, so that's right, Jim. I went down and met with the transplant team because I was very upset about what happened with Bernadette. Truthfully, it should not have happened. There was a glitch. It happened. And, you know, we, we had to come at it from, okay, how are we going to fix this? And what's the plan moving forward? NYU would only test one person at a time. They explained it to me. And in theory, it makes sense to me. But I think this was a situation that probably should have been where we tested more than one person at a time. But anyway, they only would test one person at a time. Noreen was the first person that they picked. Noreen almost 
is a perfect match for me. Like there's this spreadsheet of numbers and you want as many zeros on this spreadsheet as you possibly can get. And Noreen and I are, are, are almost all zeros. Wow. It's like the only time you want to be a zero in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't even know that until recently. Like they didn't tell me you're a perfect match. They just said you've been accepted as a donor. So no, we're, we're a near perfect match, especially for not being related. So Noreen, when you find out that you're a match, what's the next step? Well, then they wanted to make it. It was my call on when to make the appointment. So for, it was for the transplant. Yes, they leave it up to the donor based on their schedule. But like it was uh, the week before the twenty first, so it was the fourteenth of uh, November when I found out. And I was like, I want to do this. First of all, I didn't want Bonnie to have to wait. And now we're creeping into the, the holidays. I mean, it was a mad rush to like try to get my paperwork done and get, you know, like get my stuff with my job, you know, with work situated. But uh, I was like, I'd rather do it now because then I could be on the mend for December instead of doing it the week before Christmas right. or something like that. Or after the holidays, I didn't want to wait because Bonnie didn't have the time, you know? Well, so, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I was felt like, let's get this done with and start getting on the other side of it. Um, my GFR at that point was probably a seven or eight. And we knew we didn't have much more time to keep me off of dialysis. And the whole goal, Jim, was to keep me off of dialysis because the best transplants happen when dialysis is never a factor before it. So that was always my goal, which is why we started trying to find a donor in 2020. Um, Cause we knew, you know, that this was gonna eventually be where we landed. Yeah, it happened really, really quickly. Once Noreen was identified as my donor, you know, they called me, I was actually going to visit my son in San Diego and I was in the airport and they're like, you know, what about the 21st? And I was like, fine, <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. I uh, Then I landed on a Tuesday morning and took a cab from JFK to NYU. Um, we do this whole meeting with the nephrologist, the surgeon, my kidney coordinator. Um, Noreen is in the next room. And I don't think I realized that. Until I think, Noreen, you came in because you're like, is that Bonnie? Do I hear Bonnie? I knew it was you because I could hear you through the walls. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's Bonnie. She's right next door. So both of us, you know, we're meeting with our teams, right? Because they keep the donor and the recipient totally separate. So Noreen had her own team. I had my own team. And that was probably the first day that the teams were ever like together. You know, I had to go and have a chest X-ray and an echo, you know, like final blood work, mm -hmm. all of that stuff that day. Then we were lift off for surgery that coming Monday. Walk me through the six days before the surgery. Like, what are both of you thinking? Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I hope Noreen doesn't back out. I actually, that Tuesday, I went in with my mom to NYU and I, you meet the surgeon and it's, it was the first time that I actually thought about what, what am I doing? Like, I'm a totally, I'm talking to a surgeon about taking out a perfectly good organ. Like it had nothing to do with Bonnie. 
it totally had to do with like all of a sudden now I'm focused on myself because that's what the surgeon's talking to me. She's not the surgeon for Bonnie. She's only for me. So it's really bizarre to be having a conversation when you're perfectly healthy that you're taking out a good organ and I'm going under surgery. I've never had anesthesia before. I've never had surgery. And I am like, not sure now how I'm going to react. Am I going to have like a weird reaction to anesthesia? You know, that type of stuff now is coming into my head. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I said that to the, I said that to the surgeon. What did the surgeon say? She like laughed. Like I said it like a joke too. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm perfectly healthy. And my mom and, and we all kind of chuckled, but I did go home and I was like a little bit overwhelmed. You know, I didn't have to talk myself into it too much, but this is just the week before. This wasn't like the whole time, you know? I think that, like, I would think that's natural. Right. And that's what I kept telling myself. This is absolutely normal. People were looking at me a little weird. Like, you're you're donating a kidney to your boss? Like, who does that? Like, <laughs> then it occurred to me that maybe people think I'm unstable. <laughs> and... I had to like think like, why am I? And that's when it occurred to me, like, it's not that Bonnie was like shopping around for a donor. She was, she was like in an emergency need, you know, that's where I felt. Can I stop you? you? Can I stop you for a second, Noreen? So I just want you to know that that week leading up to the surgery and even after the surgery, everyone at Fox was talking about you. Like you were a superhero. So it wasn't like she's, what is she doing? And we would have, (laughs) there were multiple meetings. And I feel like we always have culture pieces in our meetings. I felt like for three straight weeks, your story was the culture piece. And there were multiple people who would say, I don't know if I would give a family member a kidney. Like they were were thinking out loud. Yes, yes. Well, that's, but like maybe one time I saw a hint of disgust almost in someone's eyes when I told them, but I realize now it's not disgust is that everyone's just, of course, why would they be disgusted? But almost like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> but I think it's that people start doing that conversation in their head. Like, would I do this even for my spouse or my, you know, obviously people say if for my children, I don't have any biological children. So that's not a situation that I have to weigh, you know, but everyone goes for that right away. Oh, what if my kids need one or something? You know, nevertheless, I, uh, I just, I mean, it's totally selfless, badass, 1000%. Thanks. You know, you know, Jim, you said, You said everybody was talking about her like she was a superhero. Yes. And she is the superhero. She is the superhero of my story. Mm. I always say that I just, I had the easy part. I showed up with really crappy kidneys, right? That was all I had to do. (laughs) Um, It was Noreen who really had this tough decision to make. She didn't have to make it. She didn't owe me anything. You know, we are not related, right? Like, like there was no, no skin in the game for Noreen other than her absolute selflessness to help somebody out and to literally save my life. Like, I cannot underestimate or overestimate that. Like, I cannot. I cannot say it enough. 
she saved my life. She ensured my children continue to have their mom, that my grandson continues to have his Mimi, that my husband continues to have his wife, right? That, that my life gets to go on because of Noreen. And it is literally the most humbling experience of my life because you need somebody else to save yours. That's nice. And I tell her all the time, I will never be able to thank her enough. There aren't enough words. There aren't enough actions. There will never, ever be enough to ever say thank you to her for what she did. Um, you, you don't know, have to keep saying it, though. I, I know you appreciate it. No, I don't, I I don't do. mean that. Like, like, I don't expect anything. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, thank you. But that's just it. That's that's <laughs> what makes you even more the superhero, right? Like that's what makes this story so incredible. Is you didn't expect anything, right? Like you, there was no. To your point, right? We were taking a perfectly healthy kidney from you, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was no net gain for Noreen, right? It was all yeah. for me, you know. And she had never had surgery before. This was my fifth abdominal surgery. This was not a hard decision for me. I'm not trying to play like I'm some superhero at all. If you don't grapple with it or something like that, then it's not hard. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like there's no struggle to make the decision if it's not difficult for you. You are not waffling. Exactly. Like I didn't have to play that. Oh, would I do that? It was very, I will do this for you. I but would, that's, that's very heroic. That's what heroes do. They jump into action. They don't think, think about so. it. Okay, I'm a hero. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you are. You, you, but you like, are. We live oh, in a world. You, you are. Yeah, we live in a world where everyone uses literally every second of the day. But I got goosebumps when Bonnie said, you literally saved my life. And it's not because you gave her a cup of coffee when she needed it. You gave her a kidney that saved her life. You literally saved her life. That mm -hmm. is using the word literally correctly. <laughs> it's not figuratively. No, yeah. no. <laughs> now, did you have a team get together prior to the surgery? We did. We did. Um, we did a team happy hour the Thursday before surgery. What was that um, like? You know, that whole week was incredibly emotional for me. I kept thinking about Maureen. And I kept thinking about this gift that she was about to give me. And it was really, it was very emotional. It was emotional to see my team and know that I wouldn't see them for quite a while because I have to be in lockdown and I can't really be around people. Um, and Noreen knows how much I love my team. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell my team, if you need bail money at two o'clock in the morning, I'm your girl. You know, and, and I mean that there is nothing I would not do for each and every person on my team. I mean, not that she's ever given me bail money, but my mother used to tell me she'd never bail me out of jail. So it's good to know. <laughs> I promise I will, <laughs> you know, um, but for you, maybe not for every other clinician, for you, I'd actually take your place in jail. <laughs> I'd be like, all right. So that was emotional for me, Jen, because 
I wasn't going to be able to see my team, you know, and, and I was probably one of the first RDs, if not the only RD who started to do in-person meetings very early on. I made my team breakfast, you know, every team meeting. They were at my house. I did, you know, like a, a real breakfast, breakfast um, for my team to show my appreciation. They work very, very hard, each and every one of them. And it's just the smallest way to say thank you. And I just always want them to know how much I appreciate them and how much I respect everything that they do. So saying goodbye to them that Thursday before surgery was rough. It was definitely rough. Um, I got in my car afterwards and I cried because not seeing them was really hard for me. But it was also hard the last few days leading up to it just thinking about what Noreen was about to do. And, you know, I kind of joked and said, you know, I thought I worried that maybe Noreen would back out, right? Like, but that was a true concern because I was on borrowed time at that point. Mm -hmm. And I knew in my heart she wouldn't, right? But like, it's a huge, huge ass. Yeah, I get it's that. It's huge. I would be the same way. I heard years ago that someone donated their kidney. I'm like, wow, they're amazing. But when it's yourself, you don't think of it that way. I likened it to my brother is uh, in the Navy. He's in special forces. And people are like, you're a hero. You're a, you're a national treasure, you know? And he's just like, it's my job. And then I understood like what he, how he must feel. I'm not trying to say I'm like, you know, whatever, but it's the same idea. It's like that that feeling of like, it's just me. I'm not any different than anybody else. But you are. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 but you know you what are. I mean? Like you know, I'm still just a human. I'm not like superhuman is what I mean. It is a huge weight in the state of New York for an organ. Yeah. It is three to five years for a kidney. So you are a superhero. You are different than everybody else. You know, it's a lot to do what you did, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the day that I felt guilty for it was the day Noreen walked in my hospital room <laughs> after she had surgery <laughs> and she was like, Oh, oh. when I looked gray, you guys said, I I like, so, wait, oh, all right. so let's go to surgery day. I would imagine it would have to kind of happen simultaneously or am I wrong about that? It, um, they took Noreen first. They took Noreen about two hours before me because they had to take her kidney, prep it, get it ready to go inside of me. She was in an OR across the hall from me. So they took her first and then they took me when they were ready. And that was emotional for me too. When Noreen walked away <laughs> to go to surgery, I cried. Aww. Like it was super emotional. It's really bizarre because they don't have you get on a gurney. You walk into the OR. Yeah, that was crazy. And that's so, well, considering I've never had operation. That Actually, I did have an operation on my hand once, but I didn't get anesthesia. I got like local and I was on a bed and they rolled me into the OR. So this I'm walking in with a nurse and there's the surgeon on sitting on a stool. And I'm like, oh, hi, hi. Oh, I know all you people like. And then they're like, okay, lay on this bed, put your head here. It's the operating table. It's so weird. It was really weird. But let me just tell you the irony too, though. Noreen's surgeon's name was Bonnie. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, yeah that's um, funny. And, um, but yeah, walking in, so this was my fifth surgery. Um, first one I've ever walked into the OR for and put myself on the operating room yeah. table. So after like, Noreen had her surgery, you said it was two hours before? Yeah, it was about, they took her about two hours before. Were you able to see Noreen before you got her kidney? Yes. Yeah, we, we saw each other it. in the pre-op area. Yeah. Could you, yeah, we, each other, were you, we, we were you talking to each other? Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking to each other while Noreen's kidney is now what being refrigerated somewhere? Being no, nice? no, 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 oh, no, 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 oh, not okay. that. No, oh, we okay. got to see each other before they took Noreen to surgery. Got it. So we got to hang out in pre-op. Got it. Uh, before they took Noreen to surgery, um, I got to hug Noreen goodbye, and then I didn't see her again until the, the next, next day, day or two days later. Got it. It was the next day. Yeah, next day. So what do they do? You may not even know this, but after they remove the kidney, where does it go? Oh, you know what? I read the operation, like the documentation on the operation. They put it in a bag inside me before they remove it. So they detach everything because they take all the vessels with it. And then they put it in a bag and remove it from my body in a bag. So what they do is they flush it out. So and sort of like to put it sort of bluntly, like sort of get rid of like as much as of Noreen as like possible. <laughs> wash it off, um, wash me off. Yeah, they, they sort of, you know, <laughs> wash Noreen off. And um, I just learned this today that they listed me and they listed Noreen on the UNOS um, site that Friday before. Because even though it was a living donor, it's the way that they verify that the right kidney is going to the right person. Hmm. So the kidney is essentially coded for Noreen and me, right? It's like the same sort of barcode, so to oh, speak. Oh, okay. And then they bring the kidney across the hall to me. And, and they call on the phone when they're ready to take mine out. They haven't taken it, un detached it yet. They call on the phone to her OR to say, are you guys ready? Because they want to make sure they don't detach mine if something goes wrong in Bonnie's OR. Right. right. Obviously, right? They want to say... So, do we know the time difference? I, I think they said it was about a half hour. Okay. Before they take mine out and then they... Yeah, I think they said I think they said the whole, like, detaching it from Noreen, flushing it, bringing it to me is about a half hour. See, to me, that is one of the most tense half hours in history. Because that's the key to everything. Yeah, but both of us are under anesthesia. I mean, you yeah, you wouldn't know, but I'm just like, just thinking mm. about both of you going in, and I was saying prayers like that whole week, prayers the day of, like that everything went okay. To me, that's just wild to think about. Yeah, science. Yeah, science. It's wild. I was I, I was telling someone Easy. today about interviewing you for this podcast, and we were kind of having this discussion, and I'm like, isn't it amazing? It, it is amazing. And it's funny that, you know, you say you're having this discussion because now I sort of have the discussions with people who, who are always like, how does it feel to have somebody else's kidney like in your body? And I'm like, I don't like the same as it. Right. <laughs> so wait, let's, wait, wait, let's let, let's take a break because because uh, I want to get to that. The, the post-surgery story. So don't go anywhere. We are speaking with Bonnie Ross and Noreen Nips right here on the Live Better Longer podcast.
Time for a quick water break, and wow, what a way to kick off season five of Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. Hearing the story of Noreen and Bonnie, more to come on that. But I did want to tell you about a cool event that Fox Rehabilitation is putting on next week. So if you don't know, it is National Assisted Living Week. That's happening next week. And on Wednesday, September 13th, 11 a.m. East, Fox Rehabilitation will be holding a virtual game day. And here's the plan. We want all of our senior living community partners to gather their residents in a collected area, you know, most likely their rec room, and we want them to beam this live broadcast on the big screen. All you need to do is go to Fox Rehabilitation's Facebook page, go under the events section, click on the game day post, and if you let us know that you're going to the event, you'll get notifications, and then on Wednesday, September 13th, 11 a.m. East, 10 a.m. Central, you can take part in our virtual game day. It's gonna be a little mix of trivia. It's also gonna be a mix of open-ended discussion because we are giving each of our senior living community partners a deck of reflection cards. And all of these cards have really cool open-ended questions intended to encourage discussion. What's one role you do not waver on? What's the first thing you can't wait to do next? So cool questions like that little mix of trivia and if you can't watch it live fear not we're recording it and then you can watch it at a later date so if we can't have our senior living communities have watch parties on september 13th maybe they could have a watch party on september 14th or september 15th but the only way to attend virtual game day is by going to the events section of fox rehabilitation's facebook page We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am chatting with Nori Nips and Bonnie Ross. This is probably the most amazing story in the history of this podcast. Noreen gave Bonnie her kidney. Not a joke, happened in real life. Because people always joke about that. Oh man, I love you so much, I'd give you my kidney. This happened in real life. So the surgery goes down. Noreen, they take your kidney, they remove it, and they put it into Bonnie. Mm -hmm. And then, Bonnie, you were saying people are always asking you, what's it feel like to have someone else's kidney inside of you? What's it feel like? So, you know, physically, I don't feel any different. I mean, other than I feel much better than when my GFR was eight. The weirder part is, is that they do not put the new kidney where your old kidneys are. They put the new kidney in this pocket, like outside of like your abdominal cavity, sort of. So mine is like in this left, like my lower left abdomen in this little pocket that they made. And if you push hard enough, you can kind of feel it. Don't which, push. Yeah, which is, <laughs> Take which care is of it. Take weird. care of it. That, yeah. That gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, which is a little, which is a little weird. But yeah, I mean. It's just amazing to me. It's amazing to me that, to Noreen's point, science, right? That this can be done, that with some great medicine to make my body not reject this kidney, I could potentially have this kidney for the next 20, 25 years 
and live a much healthier life than, wow. than I was leading. And then, Noreen, what did it feel like to not have a kidney or to have well, one less kidney? Now it feels like nothing. But initially, because the left side, like I was explaining before, you know, before we started that I had four incisions. One of them is on my left side. It's just about an inch and a half, two inches long. And that hurt more than anything where the kidney was. So it was kind of a reminder because the way that the the surgeon explained it is that they, you know, they have to peel away, like there's kind of connective tissue and it gets adhered to the peritoneal wall, not scar tissue, but just tissue. You know, now they've, they've moved everything around. So I felt this like discomfort on the left side. So it was like weird. It was weird because it was like discomfort from something missing Mm -hmm. instead of something's wrong there. It's just because they took it out. But now I feel fine. Like I don't feel any different than before. When did both of you return to work? Um, I returned, I returned December 14th. And I was Um, about a month after January 16th. I was out eight weeks. But we won't tell people resources or anybody else. You know, I was answering emails the night of surgery. (laughs) Bonnie! (laughs) I was yelling at her in the hospital. I would go down to her room. I'm like, Bonnie, stop. Because I was getting the emails. And I'm like, Bonnie, you're going to get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, Jim, I told you, I love this team. I'm never far away. You know, um, I'm always connected to this team. Is there still a GoFundMe? It is still out there. Yes. All right. So can we give the information on that? GoFundMe. I don't know the link. I mean, it's floating around Fox email somewhere, um, but I don't know the specific link. Um, It was set up by my daughter because not everything is covered by insurance. So everything medically for Noreen was covered, um, not for, for me, travel expenses, you know, those types of things. Um, I've been in and out of the hospital twice since I was initially discharged the first time with some really funky reaction to an antibiotic called Dapsone, where I got something called meth hemoglobin anemia, which is this crazy, crazy condition where basically like your healthy hemoglobin is replaced by this thing called meth hemoglobin and it prevents oxygen from binding and getting to the rest of your body. So I was pretty sick for a few days with that. And then the following week, I was back in the hospital with regular anemia. And I had a blood transfusion and spent a few days in the hospital. And since then, have been back on the road to recovery. It definitely is a process. When people ask me, like, what is it like? The best word I can use to describe it is it's a process. It's two steps forward, half a step back, you know, maybe a step to the side. Because every week I have to go down to NYU and have my blood drawn. And they check my, well, my blood levels. Um, They check my anti-rejection medication levels. You know, I had to have a kidney biopsy a couple weeks ago because my uh, kidney numbers were all off and not where they wanted them to be. So they wanted to make sure I was not in a rejection episode, you know. And then today I had my blood work done and my numbers look great. They're where they would like them to be. Um, Noreen actually joked in a text to me where she said, I think your numbers are better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a joke, but it's not probably a joke. Like, I think last time I had my GFR, it was 60. 
Yeah, and so, mine was 60, 65.8 today. Yeah. And my uh, creatinine was like above one and hers was 1.05. So she's doing better than me. But that's because <laughs> she has that great kidney inside yeah, yeah. of her. True. Those are my numbers because I have three kidneys. Right. So they don't take your old kidneys out, Jim. And really? they don't disconnect. Nope, they don't. And they don't disconnect them. So eventually what happens over time is, especially for me, because mine are scar tissue, is they really just kind of are just going to shrivel up and die, essentially. Look at his mouth. I, it's like a gape. I, <laughs> wow. I, I know. I was surprised I'm, about that, too. I mean, I was excited just to tell this story. And I'm excited that both of you are back at work. But I am learning so much yes. just asking questions. And I would imagine this podcast would be helpful for people who are experiencing something similar. Um, yeah. You know, it's really, Jim, honestly, about getting the word out. If you know somebody that needs a transplant in a situation like I was in, it's about getting the word out. You cannot be shy. You cannot be embarrassed. You know, you can't feel guilty about it. You have to get the word out. In the transplant world, it's called the big ask. And it is literally the biggest ask that you will ever have. But I honestly was incredibly, incredibly lucky and very blessed. I mean, obviously because of Noreen, but but if Noreen wasn't going to be a match, I had about six to eight people behind Noreen willing to donate me a kidney multiple people at fox a clinician's husband now that's one-upping me uh, well they <laughs> didn't kidding. they didn't pick them but but a clinician's, joking, husband, a, a clinician's husband my account manager a couple of my daughter's friends i had lots of people that's awesome. willing to be backup and i'm very 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 lucky because there are thousands of people out there who don't have what I have. And I don't take it for granted. I don't. I don't take for granted what Noreen did. I don't take for granted the support that this practice gave to me. You know, um, we talk about culture all the time, but we are living our culture in this story. And I don't take that for granted at all. You know, Fox supported us. 110%, you know, from testing to surgery to after, you know, and, and I can't thank the Fox world enough. I can't thank senior leadership enough for what they did for me, for Noreen, you know, my team, my team who sent food and flowers, but really because my team supported each other, you know, when I was out, they took care of each other. And that's what this team does. That's what Fox Culture does. And can I just say that Noreen Nips was the easiest choice for colleague of the month in the history <laughs> of Fox Rehabilitation. Thank you. She was. It was, I yeah. it was, 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 was a no-brainer. I was at no the hospital and I said, <laughs> I said to my mother, I was out of the hospital. I went for a follow-up a week later. And I had already known that they made me colleague of the month, but I kind of just said to my mom, because people were thanking, you know, not thanking me saying, oh, good, you know, congrats on, over email. And I said to my mother, I was like, I mean, I 
had to give away a kidney, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> I couldn't get it on my own merit. Yeah, she was a little salty. She was a little, she was, she was a little was salty. I was She's like, well, okay. was given a kidney. I was like, I only had to give up a major organ. <laughs> I was in salty. I was like, God, maybe I need to step it up a little bit so I can actually get it on my own merit. Easiest, easiest choice ever. Thank you. I mean, you were the the colleague of the year. I said those poor people that were up against me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I mean, I can't thank you enough for sharing this story with me. I know I was I was bugging you beforehand. And I didn't want to be a pest, but I just thought that this was something incredible to document. It's something that I've never witnessed firsthand. And just like your spirits and the camaraderie and everything, I am just like inspired by both of you. Aw, so sweet. There are a lot of people out there waiting. And you can donate to a stranger. You yeah. know, you could just call a transplant center. You can call a transplant center and say, I'm willing to do it. If you know somebody that needs one, but you're not a match, you might be, it's like triangular. You could donate to somebody you don't know. And then your person that you know is gets put on the list to get the next, you know what I mean? Yeah. You oh, don't have to do wow. it's, it's called a kidney swap. Like Maureen said, like you could have a donor who's not a match for you, but is a match for somebody out there who needs an organ. Then what happens is somebody else who then has a donor who's your match, they hook you up. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's called the kidney swap. Both of you just dropped a massive amount of knowledge on this episode of the Live Better Longer podcast. Stuff I never knew I was going to learn. No. So, um, wow. That's how I'll end it. Wow. Much love to both of you. This story is inspirational. And I hope that people listening to this story I hope it helps them in some way. And, and Jim, they can save a life. Yes. They can, they can literally save a life. And that's really powerful. And all and in all, it was probably like two weeks of discomfort. Like, <laughs> no, I mean it. Like, that's not a lot. Right? And for her two weeks of discomfort, I get a lifetime of memories. Of memories to make and, and adventures to be had. Noreen will always, always be the superhero of my story. Yes. My pleasure. Amen to that. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with us. Next week on the Live Better Longer podcast, we will be joined by Fox founder, Dr. Tim Fox. So for strong-willed survivor, Bonnie Ross, and our superhero, Nori (laughs) Nips, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yens later. Later.